Welcome back to the most, let's just say, per- particular, peculiar, I'm not really sure how to describe this episode, but it's episode 69 featuring Wesley Show dub, show Walter. Wes called dibs on episode 69 about 42 episodes ago. Uh, Wes is on for round two. He was very adamant he would not join me for round two until episode 69 came around. And uh, 40-something episodes later, here we are. This episode also contains a lovely review of Tiger King, which at the time of the recording was sweeping America. Um, so the Tiger King review will be at the end in the speed round. Definitely a good reason to hang out through the conversation for that. But Wes and I have a great conversation here. We talk about independent training, just training in general. Wes is a mentor and strength faction uh, group that him and I are obviously both a part of. And we've spoken about a couple different times on this podcast. But Wes and I have awesome conversations. This one uh, does not disappoint. Again, episode 69. So as we get into this, I'd just like to apologize in advance for making Maybe a certain number of references that get thrown around here, but I think we all saw this coming here on episode 69. So without further ado, Wesley Showdub Showalt. Welcome back to maybe the most special episode of the Three Things Podcast. This is episode 69. It has been reserved. I think, Wes, I think you reserved this podcast um, like 40 episodes ago. I should I should have looked to see which number you were the first time around, but you were literally like, hit me up next time it's 69 and I'm there. And I think I've texted you a few times, been like, yo, 69 is coming up. It's coming up. But now... <laughs> Uh, due to the uh, due to the Rona and the quarantine shutdown, we've got like just pods on pods, and this is going to be episode sixty nine. So Wesley Showalter, man on the other side of the screen, welcome back to the Three Things Podcast. What's up, man? Back like a vertebrae, back like chiropractic, back scoliosis, <laughs> back like the opposite of anterior, back like latissimus dorsi, bang bang boogie, episode sixty nine, baby. That might be the most trainery like verbiage ever used on this podcast yeah i'm like i use a lot of big words you like you should i know we were just saying we should figure out how many ways we can say 69 in this podcast um that's one for me by the way uh but i think if we could just drop the most like obnoxious trainer lingo that could that could really bring in a different market that this podcast doesn't appeal to i'm gonna okay while we're doing this i'm gonna be googling big words and like i don't know like i'm gonna be like 69 percent of radiation <laughs> You should do that in the next class that you stream. You should just try to drop a random 69 percentage in there. Guys, I need like 69% effort, like 3.9 good reps left in the tank. (laughs) RP 6.9. It would be just so beautiful. So beautiful. Uh, So Wes, for those that may have not listened to the first podcast that you did, which is a shame, you should go back. I always say, like I've had a lot of repeat guests lately, and you should go back and listen to that after this one. You don't need to listen. It's not like a, a Star Wars trilogy here. Um, although it'd be really interesting if we did do that. Do like a, a show Walter, a show Walter trilogy. Uh, go back and listen to that after this one because Wes was dropping some serious nuggets, which I'm sure he's going to do again tonight. Um, but Wes, give us a little bit of who you are, where you do it, what you do, and why. All right, I'll make this very fast because I've heard 
69 seconds. <laughs> Dude, I tend to ramble with this question every time I get it. So here's what I do and all that shit. So I'm in Philadelphia currently. I was in Chicago before that. My wife is a resident doctor. She's an orthopedic surgeon. No big deal. Uh, and what was I saying? So I live in Philadelphia now because she's doing her residency here. And I do one-on-one training like out of my apartment building. And then I do some an independent trainer. And then I coach groups at another facility, which is like not far from me. I bike everywhere. And so it's like literally a mile away and I do groups there. And then run a kettlebell program and shit, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then I'm a mentor for Strength Action, which I'm actually wearing a really cool shirt right I now. I saw that shirt under the switch. That's pretty dope. That's like a, that looks like an OG t-shirt too. And the back has my last name on it. I don't know if you can see it. I see it. I see that show Walter in there. I see it. I was it. hoping to put 69 in the back, but anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so then I mentor for Faction and uh, do other cool stuff. But that's like in terms of the fitness shit that I do, that's the fitness shit that I do right there. Nice. I like that you call the fitness shit. Yeah, I'll tell you what, brother. Uh, did, you see <laughs> that the, did you see that they're still doing WrestleMania in a couple weeks? Uh, I did, and I heard that they're doing it over like – multiple days and i also have been watching a few of the like clips ever since like the corona stuff started and it's so weird watching like stone cold stunners and there's no one there yeah oh my god and there's no fans no signs no nothing it's like super weird it's like half the fun is looking in the crowd and just trying to figure out like what what people are like have on signs and like the random people that like start grabbing in the front row. It's it's, like it's a bunch of Tiger Kings basically. Oh, I don't where they're at. Ooh, we'll save. Have you seen Tiger King? Oh my God, yes, of course. Okay, so in the speed run, we'll do a review of Tiger King. Uh, and like the by the time this podcast gets out, Tiger King will be like way like it. It'll be like a couple months removed, or at least a month removed from being relevant in the United States, and it'll be legendary. But we'll do a review of Tiger King. I like that. That makes my uh, that docu series was pretty legit. It's the best one I've ever seen on Netflix ever. We'll talk about criminal documentaries because I got a few. If you like Tiger King, I got a few recommendations for you. Um, just make sure I don't forget that. So, um, Wes and I met through Strength Action. I was not put into his mentor group, which was a damn shame. Uh-huh. But um, you were part of the faction after dark, kind of like the late night crew that used to be a little degenerate. We were drinking on Thursday nights. It was a lot of fun. So we kind of connected that way. Um, and then I think I met you face to face, real dealsies in Chicago. I think at Rebel. That was the first time I met you. Yes, it was. And yeah. then we were going out in Philly. Yep. And, uh, that's about it, actually. But yeah, that oh, was it. Those are the only two that I've been to. Shakes. Do you remember those chocolate shakes? Oh, dude, chocolate shakes. Shout out to the first podcast episode. But yeah, chocolate shakes. It's like the best thing ever. Um, I need to get the the maybe in Philly, you guys can come up with like a shamrock shake rendition of a chocolate shake from Chicago. <laughs> figure it out. You'll put put your brain to work and figure oh, that one out. It's out there. All right. <laughs> Uh, so the three things podcast for those in the Philadelphia market that are tuning in because Wesley show dub show Walters on the other side of the screen comes down to the three questions that I'm going to ask Wes. He has no idea what I'm going to ask him. Honestly, after the first question, I'm not really sure what I'm going to ask. Then we're going to jump into the speed round, which is the best part. Um, and apparently we're going to review tiger King and then <laughs> that's, and that's the pod. Boom. That's the pod. Uh, but that's where the three things gets its name from. So those three unscripted questions that I'm about to ask Mr. Show dub are you ready for the first thing yes i'm ready so and this is a super broad question so take it wherever you want to take it 
but what really needs to be in the trainer's toolbox? You know what I'm talking about? How everyone's like, like in trainer land, it's always like, Hey, this is a great tool for your toolbox, your toolbox, like put as many tools in your toolbox as you can. And like, I think if anything, it's like, fuck that. There should be like three things in there. And like, what are those things? Okay. I'm going to like ponder as I answer this. So I may, it'll come out. No, it'll come out. I think one, and this all comes with time. This isn't like, Hey, I'm going to be a trainer and get my cert. So I'm going to have these things in my toolbox. Like yeah. it just takes reps and <laughs> it doesn't work takes, like that. It doesn't yeah, work like that. Up, and it takes times where like you maybe lose a client or this happens or whatever. But in any case, um, you need to, and this is very vague. You need to be able to like, read and engage with people and make them feel safe. So you need to, if you can do that, that's, that's going to take care of a lot of things. And that's not really a tool for the toolbox, but the better you are at understanding people, communicating with them, like in a way that they need to hear it because the way I coach you versus the way I coach a 20 something year old chick rocking Lululemon is probably not going to be identical. There'll be a lot of similarities with queuing and positioning. Oh, there'd be more similarities than you probably think. Yeah. After saying that, you're probably It's like knowing, I don't know, no, being good with people and like how to make them feel comfortable, especially in a training environment. Um, knowing in terms of like actual fitness coaching shit, I'd say knowing your baseline, your progression, your regression and lateralization, you can take that as you want. Not everybody's going to be agreeing on the exact same, like, well, this is baseline because whatever, this is, you know, progression because whatever, but like know your basic exercises, your progressions, your regressions for all of them, as well as your lateralization. So like, for instance, right now, everyone's stuck doing these body, you know, at home, backpack, body weight, whatever workouts, you got to know your shit to be able to be like, okay, here's how I'm going to adapt and like go virtual with it or not like, uh Oh, they don't have access to a kettlebell anymore. What do I do? It's like, okay, be able to coach the basic stuff, the progressions and regressions, and then also know how to add variety to the basics, which shout out to strength action. Chris Merritt has a free ebook about, um, but truthfully, like knowing how to add variety, like changing the stimulus to, but not reinventing the wheel, if that makes sense. Um, so I guess, so there's that stuff. Program, having systems, like having a system in your toolbox. And that's going to change with time. There's things that you, you do five years ago that you look back and now you're doing different shit. It probably looks relatively similar depending on how long you've been in the game. Maybe it doesn't. But um, what was I saying? What, what was I even talking about? Just We're now? talking about tools in the toolbox. And I think that you, you left off at like at being able to add variety um, to the basics and mastering the basics and then having communication skills because you have to actually be a human being to work with another human being. Right. Exactly. I've said this before and people say this on podcasts all the time and shit, but like no one cares how much you know till they know how much you care. It doesn't matter. Like how many letters you have, the people you work with aren't going to know that shit, but they are going to watch you in your body language and like what you're doing to this person. Are you using people's names? Are you using eye contact? Are you touching them? Not inappropriately. And you have consent ahead of time for it. But, um, right, like, what kind of feedback are you giving your people? Um, You know, are you on time? Are you early? Do you have a lot of juice? Like, are you consistent with your attitude every day, whether, like, you know, you're fighting with your wife or this is happening and that's happening? Like, the ability to turn it off and, like, no, it's not not about you. I'm kind of just fucking rambling right now. No, but I think because the reason I ask this is, is, like, right now, like, everyone's at home. Like, it's – we're right in the – hopefully in the back half of the Corona shutdowns, we're not in the middle or in the front of it, but the back half, 
Uh, and you, I've just seen so many online products. This mm -hmm. certification is now online. This is here. This everyone like, you know, I, I feel like for the first decade of my career, everyone was like, you want to add as much shit into your trainer toolbox as possible. And now that like, I kind of almost like get some, some quiet to like look through this, these like different, like not lies, but like it's a myth in the industry. It's like, how much do you really need in your toolbox? Because the more shit you have, yes, valuable, but like, I, I think I probably use like four different skills and they're almost non-existent with training. So, so, uh, in terms of the toolbox, those are, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I, as much as I like, I, I agree with you. Like, and even when it comes to training, right? Like we go to these seminars and read these books and podcasts and whatever, which is great. And like, I'm, we're always going to do it and like look to get better, but like realistically, dude. And again, this is partially because of the population I work with and shit. I maybe used like 30 something exercises and like, or I don't even know. I made that maybe it's 69. I don't know. But uh, like there's a handful of things that I do. Like, I coach a goblet squat or a double bell front racked squat like every day, like at some point throughout the day or a single arm row or a chin up or a split squat or a single leg deadlift. Then da 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 da. Uh, but yeah, that's, I don't know. There's, I'm not saying that like you're limited to like 32 exercises, but I'm just saying in terms of the actual, like, I don't know, exercise selection. Like if you can get really fucking good at coaching the basic stuff, but then knowing how to turn up the gas, back it off and like how to match that person where they're at, like your client or clients and like the population, where they're trying to get to where they're at, um, you know, knowing how to load them and all that shit. Yeah. And let's maybe spin off that for the second thing, because that was, that's been a reoccurring theme on a couple other podcasts that I've recorded here for the three things were just like these interpersonal skills and acquiring them because when, and, and I'm kind of going through this right now as we shift our in-person personal training to a virtual world, it's like a very different communication skill set because like you, you can get body language through a screen, but you might not necessarily be able to see the whole picture. And like, where do trainers, like, where did you start? Where could trainers look to? And, and obviously like strength action is, is a huge resource. So maybe we can like kind of give some other things, maybe like books that you've read or other people in the, in the fitness industry that do a really good job or maybe even outside of the fitness industry. But what are some things that have maybe helped you kind of build these interpersonal skills? And cause I mean, you're super extroverted. I don't know if you are, I mean, I'm assuming you would say you're an extrovert. But. I'm super duper extrovert. And on top of that, I like being the center of attention. And that's <laughs> what I fucking hate about coronavirus is I'm not the center of attention in a room full of people yelling at them and jumping up and down. But in one-on-one, -on -one, like in one-on-one -on -one training, you don't need to really be either of those, right? You don't need to be an extrovert or the center of attention because that's why it can be an introvert. Like introverts can excel in one-on-one -on -one training, especially but what are some things that you've done to kind of acquire those, those interpersonal skills that you've, you clearly have demonstrated in two different cities and been successful? I'm going to okay. keep cutting you off. No, no dude, <laughs> I, I tend to do that shit too. I tend to get really excited, especially when I'm talking to my friends about fitness shit. Um, okay. Let's see here. So are we talking groups or are we talking one-on-one? -on -one? Anything like what, just things that you've used to help like, just people skills, man. Like, what do you, what do you do? How do you self-check? Like, who do you, who do you talk to? Give us the rundown. Help the 22 year old that just graduated three months ahead of time that is now looking for a job in the industry. 
So I mean this in like the least douchebag way possible, but I'm just naturally really fucking good people. Like it's not hard for me to just start talking to people like the man on the street or in line in front of me. I start bullshitting. My wife hates it. Um, but I worked at a bar. I bounced all through college. Um, I, I know that sounds like weird as shit, but like you learn how to, you learn how to communicate with drunk assholes. If you can communicate with drunk college kids and, you know, or even not like older individuals, uh, that's good for like any, any type of social setting. But in terms of books and shit, like I can tell you like motivational interviewing is great. It's super fucking boring, but it's, it's a, it's a good one for like reflective listening and like communication and all that. But just like basic shit, look people in the eyes, say their name, uh, no, like give them attention in some way, shape or form. Some people want more than others. Like it doesn't have to be like, you know, I'm smacking pinatas over your head. But like, for instance, you said the virtual shit, I treat it. And again, not everyone is me or coaches this way or whatever, but like, I treat it like a fucking game show. Like I'm cracking jokes and shit. Like, again, it's easy. It's just very natural for me to be comfortable in front of large groups of strangers. Like I don't have a problem with it. Like I don't give a fuck. And you have to just like be able to look silly, which I'm not saying when you're a trainer, it's always going to be dick and fart jokes and whatever. But uh, I don't know, man. You have to just like swing. You got to get out there. You can't practice this shit unless you're dealing with another human being or groups of human beings. And like you can slow cook it. You can start with like, again, you're going to learn a lot of this shit out of the gym. Like when you're in bars and just talking to people, like find the loud mouths and not like the dickheads, but find the like mouthpieces and hang out with them and pick up on what they're doing, whether it's, someone in the fitness facility or your neighbor or someone in your community. So I really didn't give an answer again. Other than no, you did. You did. It was just, it's layered in there. So like, like what you just said, it's like, you got to practice it. You got to swing. And I think that a lot of time people like are afraid of action as weird as that maybe sounds weird to say out loud, but people are afraid of taking action. Um, so you need to figure out a way to take low level action and then you need to get outside of the gym and practice those skills. And it sounds again, crazy to think like you're going to practice your coaching skills, not in the arena that you're normally using them, but it's almost like a comforting thing. Like you're saying, like, if you can go out to like a bar or if you can go someplace where you might never see those people again, like go for it, like swing for the fences. Like you're saying, like, that's what those were going to get your reps. Yeah, dude. Like I, one of my favorite things to do. And again, this is just like me and probably a lot of other people is when I go to concerts, I love talking to people next to me because I know that they're into that music too. And I tend to go to like, you know, heavy metal and punk cause I'm super alternative. I mean, I'm eclectic. I go to other stuff too, but like, you know, I'm like about my clothes at hot topic in high school. So uh, <laughs> but anyway, I like to like bolster with people in the audience. Again, that's just like people skills and like how to communicate. And then, you know, you learn all the other shit, like internal queuing, external queuing, destination, tactical, R&T. Like, you learn that shit once you actually start to coach and see how people respond to things. Like, you'll start to notice how a certain cue or a way you demonstrate an exercise or, you know, give some sort of drill ahead of time makes it go faster with, like, 90% of the people. And then you'll have, like, that 5 10% of people that just are just, like, super not athletic and don't necessarily – and you have to, like, use everything you have to get them in the position you want them in. But, again, that just comes with time and experience and getting reps. Like, okay, that cue didn't work. This cue didn't work. Maybe if I do this, like, maybe, okay, that worked last time. Da, 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 da. You brought up like one point. I don't want it to be overshadowed, especially because it's it's relevant now with like virtual and and I think online coaching was 
was something that was we've talked about before in, in our first podcast, but it's obviously been an avenue that a lot of trainers are now kind of forced to get into. But I feel like it's a little different in this arena that we have now because no one has access to a gym. Like you're saying, they have maybe you know, some minimal pieces of equipment at their home or they're putting textbooks in a backpack um, for a weight. But you said you treat it like you're on a Broadway show or on a game show, on a but game show. Class, yeah. Like, okay, so here's the thing, right? And this is the way I look at it. And I'm sure a lot of other fucking people listening to this look at it. It's like, you got to be the best part of that person's day. So if it's like a group of people, and again, this is, I'm not saying you have to do this. This is how I do it. You got to bring the fucking juice. Like 7 a.m. Monday, quarantine, people are turning their channel to see like, okay, yeah, they wanted to work out. And like, I'm not just there to be like rah, rah and yell out motivational shit, but like, you got to get them fucking moving. You got to get them hyped. You got to try to make them forget that they're stuck at home with whoever they're there with and can't be in public and all that other bullshit. I mean, it's, I guess, kind of the same as I normally would. It's just now I'm like, hey, I see so-and-so, like, you know, your dog's in the background. Pick that dog up. Or, like, you know, uh, this one chick who takes my classes, Morgan, she's, like, crazy fit, and she works out all the time, and her boyfriend, probably soon to be fiancé, doesn't. And I was like, yo, it's, I was like, Morgan, because, like, you can see their names on the Zoom screen. I was like, Morgan is that Anthony in the back? And he like, look at me, like stuck his hand up. And I was like, hot damn. Just like, I don't know, cracking jokes and shit, like coaching, right? Like if I see some shit, I'm going to say some shit like, Hey, Bethany, soften up your knee and like sit into your hip more or whatever. But outside of that, like keep it, I just like to keep it light. Like I'm not a serious person. Like I'm all about like making sure people are safe and having a great workout and all that bullshit. But like, I don't know, man, you got to bring the fucking juice and like try to be the best part of that person's day. It sounds corny, but that's just how I. No, that's totally what that's. I mean, that's the my. I share that same mindset with you. Um, I've got a, a good third thing. I think it's a good third thing. I asked this question to our, our mutual friend, Kristen Callahan. Um, I think mutual friend. She I'm is, thinking yeah, safe yeah, to say mutual friend. I want to speak for you. I. I uh, Has, did you take her to see a chocolate shake or get a chocolate shake? No, but I did. Uh, I bet she. I bet she would be down. She would appreciate. The she would. I can't remember. I sent her stickers. That's what it is. I sent her some of my stickers recently. Nice. Um, so yeah. here's the question. You've been in Chicago. You've been in Philadelphia. Giant metropolitan areas. How do trainers stand out in what could be perceived, and I don't know if I'm correct on this, as perceived as a saturated market? There's a ton of fitness pros. How do you stand out? Okay. This is my answer to this, which – it doesn't mean it's the word of God or anything like that. It is. But, Don't oh. downplay yourself. <laughs> this is the official word of all of the black Santas that you can find in every store. <laughs> I've got, I've got a, about, I'm on my way to 69 by next Christmas. I'll be there. Um, I wish they were on display right now. We could talk about that. Wait, what are we talking about? Okay. How do you, how do you stand out in big markets? Okay. Um, this is how I've gone about this. Um, you don't have to go about this or listen to a goddamn thing I have to say. One, tattoo your entire body. No, I'm kidding. Um, one is start making friends. Start shaking hands and kissing babies. Go to all the foo-foo fitness shit you probably don't want to go to. Like, I, I've been to, like, and I'm not saying I didn't want to go to any of these things, but, like, Lululemon free workouts and, like, meet the people who are selling the, the clothes and meet the your local um, – this studio manager, like diff other fitness people knowing you. And I know that sounds, I don't know, but like having other Philly fit pros hit me up and like 
shout me out and shit was like, I don't know, I think that helps. I could be full of shit. But getting in front of groups of people to the best of your ability, whether it's you're the one coaching, right? Like, again, maybe you go to Lululemon, you're like, hey, man, like, I'm a coach in town and this is what I do and I'd love to, like, you know, treat you guys or, like, take you through a workout and your staff or whatever. Um, but getting in front of as many people as you can. If you do classes, again, I'm not saying you have to. That's what I do. I like the fact that, like, I teach classes at one facility as an employee and then I run my own ship. Uh, you know, doing one-on-one -on -one Johns and all that jazz. Um, let's see. I don't know. Get in front of people, man. Shake hands, kiss babies, start like promoting your shit. I'm not saying Instagram and Facebook are going to blow you up, but you know, I mean, it can help hashtag, you know, Philly fit hashtag Chicago, Boston, wherever you're at. Um, but find out who the heavy hitters are too. check them out. Like in your area, like who are the other fitness peeps in your area? And you know, maybe they're a giant douchebag. Like there's definitely a lot of people that not that I'm trying to talk shit that I've met in Philly who are apparently all that. And I was like, I don't like you motherfucker. But uh, <laughs> that's okay. That's totally okay. It doesn't mean I'm going to bash you. Um, but I don't know. Just getting in front of as many people as possible, shaking hands, kissing babies, being in different fitness environments, going to any of those free networky pop-up things you can, charity events, um, and just sticking out, like saying what's up to people. Don't stand in the shadows. Like make your presence known. Wear a fucking tie-dye shirt and cut the sleeves off. I don't know. <laughs> I asked because I work in a, in a big commercial I say commercial, but big locally owned health club. There's five locations. And a lot of times, like when we bring on a trainer, like I, I, the first thing I always tell them is like, you need to network yourself in this building. And then you need to network yourself through the other four buildings because it's so easy to get quote unquote lost. If you're not trying to be, be a presence, which is everything that you just said, like be a presence in, in the area, get to know people who do things like you. And like you said, like, it's like validation. I feel like if other fitness pros like shout you out, like it's validation, um, to like a client and not necessarily for you, but like to a client, you know, like if, especially right, like, if, like, Hey, I saw you on so-and-so's Instagram, which like sounds so fucking corny to say, but I've had multiple people and the partially cause I like two or three of my clients are fitness professionals and they'll like, we'll tag each other. Like, you know, acting silly. People are like, oh, you trained blah, blah, blah. Like, not like celebrity status, but you know, they, I don't know, they recognize you because of that shit. Um, I get out of my comfort zone too. Like, I have no problem. I will take a spin class and take my shirt off and yell like a fucking banshee. So I don't, I have no problem. Like, whatever environment I'm in, I'm going to go balls deep. Like, if I'm at, I don't know, if I'm in the woods, I'm going to wear camouflage and like shoot shit and maybe even spit tobacco. I don't know. If I'm at a festival, I'm going to get weird. You know, it's just like, I like to go full fledged, but that's just me. I don't know. No, I think it, I mean, those are all, all good points. Cause like I, like I always try to ask questions that maybe will help younger people or people who are getting into the field. I always try to ask at least one. And that's kind of the question I wanted to get to, because I think a lot of people start in a commercial gym. And I, did, dude. I think commercial gyms can suck. I also think yeah. that they can be awesome, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for different reasons. It always depends on like where and, you're at. And, and, and yeah, that's, that's, that. yeah, it always depends on those external things. And, mm -hmm. and I, I forget who I was talking to about hiring. I think it might've been my buddy, John, um, on the John Mojo podcast. He, we were talking about like getting hired and like how a trainer should go about like hiring, uh, or being hired. And I think I actually asked you that question and you were talking about how you like took classes at these different studios to figure out which one you wanted to work at. Like, I think we were talking about it when you, you had just relocated to Philly, I think maybe around yeah. your first podcast. Yeah. Um, and Dude, those were some really so good gems. I'm going to cut you off now, but no, it's fine. I'm a dick. 
But it's so interesting because I was like, man, when did me and Casey do that? Was that like last, when, that had to be like what, last September, October? Uh, I think it was like two Septembers ago, man. I think it was so, 2018. Where I was then versus now, I'm in such a better place, dude. Like, I, I won't like be like, eh, this happened or whatever. But like, from where I was in Philly, Chicago to like being in Philly, like had some like not like horrible things, but like just like I was here, then I was here, and then I slowly am back to kind of where mm-hmm. I want to be. And you really did a good job of that. And again, like the first podcast, you highlighted like literally step by step, like how you like navigated moving to a completely different market, like having to uproot everything in Chicago and leave. Um, and like, I, I mean, all things considered, I think you could say you landed on your feet. I don't know if you'd say that, but oh, yeah, definitely dude, that, think you landed on your like, feet. Uh, 100, as they say. Oh, straight hundies, uh, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I have now it took time and some bumps and this and that, but uh, yeah, dude, that's how that's how I feel. Not saying, nice. like, yeah, but like, I don't know, just I feel a lot better now than I did when I was with you before. Not that I insight's always 2020, but I think, uh, I think you did a really good job navigating the way too, which is good. Thanks. Broad the way protein W H A E Y. Are you ready for the speed round? Okay. Wait, I'm what are the so rules? fucking ready for this. So there's the only rule is that you can answer the questions or as long or as short as you'd like. There's no rules. There's no rules on this fucking podcast. All right. All right perfect. Come speed on. round motorboat. Bam, bam, yeah. Um, so, and we'll end with the review of Tiger King. <laughs> what? So of all the energy drinks you've had, because you're now like hashtag sponsored, hashtag I, I influencer. That's not an exaggeration. I actually am. I'm I know. So inspiration. Which one? And I know because maybe you can't like, which one's the best? Okay. Uh, so I'm going to say that it's, hold on. I'll pull it out of my fridge. This is amazing radio right now. I'll, I'll talk as you literally walk out of the screen to go grab a rain. Look at the size of that can. Inferno jalapeno strawberry. Now the people listening oh. at home are going to exactly make a face like you just didn't. Go yeah. Dude, it tastes like a margarita and it puts lead in your pencil. Like you are ready to go like drill sergeant standing at attention. Giddy up pilgrim time to boogie woogie. So I love this one. And I have a new routine, not that you give a shit, but I have one to the face at 5 or 6 a.m., which lately has been more like 6 or 7 because now I don't have to get up until like 6 or 7 um, for the time being. And I'll take one of these straight to the dome, and I try not to touch caffeine again the rest of the day because I'm super duper, like, I want to go to bed early as shit. So I, like, get real jacked up in the morning, and then I just try to ride that wave all day. Uh, so maybe we'll take rain out of the picture because maybe they send you free product or something like that. Um, right. Power oh, rank every power rank numbers two through five for me since rain is clearly number one. Give me the best. Give me the two, three, four, and five. Are you talking brand and flavor or just? Um, it can be either. Okay, number two. Honestly, uh, Monster Energy Absolute Zero, the orange ones, it's called Sunrise. Sun, Yeah, Sunrise. It's fucking life-changing. So specific. I love it. It's so specific. Um, so that one's like really incredible. Um, there's another one that they make that I love. Oh, the, uh, the rehabs. I love the rehabs, especially like for whatever reason when you're hungover, having a rehab because they're not like carbonated, like – I don't know. Something about it just makes you feel a little bit better, but I like them Johns a lot. Um, honestly, like 
outside of rain and monster, like Red Bull is not bad. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I don't think anything. You ever had a spike? I have, dude. So here's, all right, I got a story about Spike. Are you ready for this? Yeah, hell yeah. Back in the Dizzy, I'm talking 10 years, like over 10 years ago now. Like when I was working at a gym that Chris and Todd worked out way before Beyond Strength Performance and Strength Faction, like all that shit, like like way back. Um, Like if, okay, by way back, I mean like 11 years, somewhere between 11 and 12 years. Um, But in any case, I was even into energy drinks back then, and Todd was like, dude, you got to drink Spike. And this is like when me and Todd just became friends and shit. And we, so me, Todd, Chris, well, Chris never really did them that much. And my friend Justin, there was a GNC by the gym we worked at, and we would go to the GNC before our shifts and like buy like four packs of them and take them to the face and do these workouts, and our hearts felt like they were beating out of our chest and all this shit. I have since gotten much smarter with my caffeine consumption. Spike is pretty wild, man. Um, what do you think about Celsius? Okay, I haven't had one, and there's two – no. There's at least – yeah, there's two fitness chick friends of mine in Philly that love that shit, and one of them I think gets it for free. But they, like, always drink it. And I've So here's the thing. This is my view. Like, yeah, okay, this is advertised as, like – you know, thermogenic, da, 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 da. but like, I just want some extra juice when I first wake up. I don't like it for the workout factor. I don't even, half the time I work out like three, four, five hours after I've had my energy drink. Like I usually work out around nine in the morning, eight or eight, nine or 10, depending on sessions. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. if I just It's just your cup of coffee in the morning. It just comes out of a can and it says rain. It has like a transformer yeah. face on it. Which anytime somebody's like, do you want coffee? I go, no, I only drink energy drinks. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll, someone I've never met. They're like, oh, would you like coffee? I go, no, I only drink power drink. I say power drinks. I don't even say energy drink. I say power drink because my grandma, I'm from central Pennsylvania, would buy me these in like high school. And she called them power drinks. She'd be like, Wes, don't drink too many power drinks. So now I call them power drinks. It's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Something just banged above me upstairs and I'm like concerned now. I'm not, I'm not sure what just banged, but something did. Um, hopefully the baby's in bed, um, but she probably isn't anymore. Um, power rank for me, your top three flavors of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Oh shit. Okay. Like no exaggeration. Have you had the one love flavor? No. Are you serious? Okay. No, I've never uh, seen that. I think you've, I may have asked you that. You said it's the Bob Marley one, right? It's amazing. It's banana fudge and I forget, maybe caramel. And it's amazing. It's got like slices of banana and like what sounds weird, but it is so good. That's my number one. And it's usually out in the summertime. So like they usually re-release it like May through August or some shit. And then it's usually gone. Um, but that flavor, one love. Believe it or not, pumpkin cheesecake, which is another seasonal, I love pumpkin cheesecake. The thing I like about pumpkin cheesecake, Ben and Jerry's, is that when you scoop it, you don't even have to, like, dig. Like, some of the flavors, like, let's say you're you're going with your standard chocolate chip cookie dough. Nothing wrong with that. But you got to dig in there. Like, you got to, like, flex a little bit. Like, if you have low body fat, you're probably going to see some forearm veins on that first dig just to get a solid scoop. But with the um, pumpkin cheesecake, it's like you can get – a freaking brain free size scoop on your first try. And I usually do because I have no self control when it comes to Ben and Jerry's and I take massive bites to the face. So anyway, do you eat the whole pint in one shot? Oh yeah. Like I don't, I don't fuck around. I don't making sure just making sure. Um, and then my third 
is the new one that I've only had one time, and it was cannoli. And they, I haven't been able to find it since. It was so good. What are your favorite three? I'm gonna. Wow, that was uh, that was quite the. I mean, I've asked that question. It's kind of one of my favorite questions now, and I think that you gave some of the. I don't want to say obscure, but just not the most like. Cause mine, I'm kind of like I'm kind of a Ben and Jerry's fuckboy a little bit. Um, Half baked? No, no. Oh my god, my dad's favorite flavor is vanilla, and I'm convinced that he's like Dexter 2.0. He's a sociopath. Um, Half baked delicious okay um fish food because i do think that marshmallow belongs in ice cream I like marshmallow ice um and then the third is kind of like like i like the really chunky one so i'll typically get something like um, the tonight dough nancy likes that one yeah like something that has like i just like ben and jerry's it always weirds me out if people don't get like if they get the traditional flavors, like if they get like a chocolate chip cookie dough, like why Ben and Jerry's? Why would you spend the money on a pint of Ben and Jerry's plain flavor that you could just get like Check this out. something else? I forgot. This is literally sitting here. This is uh, one of my Ben and Jerry's pint koozies. A pint koozie. Nice. <laughs> it literally fits right around the pint and it's that way my hands aren't cold. When I'm That's amazing. That was, uh, that was good timing. Power power rank your favorite Halloween candy. Shout out Mike Baranis, the Stoked Brogy, because this is like the best question ever. All right, you ready for this? this I'm so gonna, ready. This is going to fuck you up, as the kids say. Cadbury Scream Eggs, which is the limited release Cadbury Cream Egg, but Halloween edition, and the green, the uh, cream is green. So uh, Cadbury Scream Eggs with the green, cream, whatever. Green, cream filling. Um, number two. Oof. You know what? I this is kind of boring, but I like the uh, Reese's that are in the shape of a bat or whatever it is. Like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that shit. Uh, the Reese's, you know, it's a pumpkin shape. I love that. Like if I'm going to check out at CVS, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and I just shove it in the bag, and I'm like, don't look me in the eye, lady. Spring it up. <laughs> What's the third one? Uh, candy corn, which is like super man. But I, I people like go it. so back and forth on candy corn. I like it. People think it's trash. It's good. I like candy corn. Oh, so good. It's just sugar to your face. Yeah. It's delicious. It melts instantly. Like you put it in your mouth and it just starts to dissolve. Oh, I'm a, I mean, so that those are like the, the Halloween candies turn into my favorite question to ask people because the answers, no, no one's ever said the same thing. It's Has crazy. Else said Cadbury Scream Egg? No, Perfect. no, no. We get some Reese's, you know, Reese's, but like you're very specific. You're like the shaped ones. Um, yeah, like you get like some M&Ms, like you get like, it, it, what happens is like people just start like just shit talking various like candy. Yep. People are like, or fuck Butterfingers. <laughs> fuck Butterfingers. Yeah. Uh, how many Black Santas do you own? Give me a rough estimate. Okay, this is not – I'm like, oh, wait, here. One of them is on permanent display. Hold on. Why only one? Because uh, he fits really good in the uh, – what's it called? You see this in my coffee mug? Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, dude, I – okay. I count this season too because every year I end up with more because clients and friends buy them for me and send them to me, which is like amazing. It makes me feel like really cool. Um, I've got – I've got like no bullshit. I've got 14. I've got 14 right now. Like I thought it'd be higher. I thought it'd be it, higher. That's an impressive collection. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like, here's the thing. Some of them like play songs and like all kinds of crazy shit. So, you know, and then I've also got socks and t-shirts and stuff. That's Makes not sense. 
And that is not an exaggeration. What is one band, group, artist, however you want to phrase it, that you have not seen that you want to see perform live? Oh, God, dude. I go to a lot of concerts. I know. That's why I'm asking you this. Oh, this is actually easy uh, because I'm supposed to see them this summer, but the way things are going now, I don't fucking know. Rage Against the Machine. I, like, I love, love Rage Against the Machine, and I've always wanted to see them live, but they broke up when I was, like, 15, so I haven't. Have you ever seen Foo Fighters? Shockingly, no. And I that would be mine. That'd probably be mine. Really, dude? Todd's seen them like four times or some shit. I'm a big like EDM DJ house guy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. if I had to see like like live, I feel like people can like I don't know. I feel like Dave Grohl live would be just awesome. Dude, I oh, you know one of the the concerts I went to this year that was like it blew me away, and now I'm like a huge fan. I saw him twice actually. Shit. I saw him in New York City, and I saw him in Brooklyn, and I saw him in Canada. Uh, it was Vampire Weekend, and mm. like they're like indie, but they are freaking awesome. Another band that I saw that blew me away live, and now I'm like a bigger fan was Cage the Elephant. And then I don't know, I've seen I saw a Tool for the second time in November. That was incredible. It changed my life. I go to a lot of shows. That's the whole story there. All right. Well, that's the-, the perk of living in like Chicago or Philly, or or like just being close. Like I feel like in Philly, you're close enough to areas that you can get in the car and drive. Yeah. I saw Wu Tang Clan. I walked there last year. I saw them literally. They were a half mile from my house. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a sick show. Oh, dude, it was it was a great show. It was stinky in there in a good way. Uh, <laughs> so are you ready to review a tiger king right now okay you got it dude. oh my god you okay. so spoiler alert if you haven't seen it so what i'm gonna do if it's okay with you should up is maybe i'll put this in the strength action forum like right after this just oh, a video absolutely awesome so they can just pick apart a review of tiger king absolutely okay so so i'm assuming people who have seen this <laughs> if you have to have been there um did did that woman? Oh yeah, Carol, kill her husband, uh, Bensky or whatever her name is. Uh, why ben, Bensky? H. Uh, I thought it was a B. Haskins. Carol Haskins. No, Haskins. I thought it was with a B. Baskins. It was Baskins. Yeah. Okay. Did she kill her husband? Oh, she did that shit. There is no doubt in my mind she did that shit. I don't know. I feel like he kind of like was like, okay, she's got enough money, and now I'm just gonna, I'm just taking my shit and I'm out of here. Like I okay. feel like he just may have like just left and be like, fuck this. Not a good story, but after Tiger King, I started watching me and Nancy, all these Joe Exotic videos, including the one where he had the woman dress up like her and like <laughs> eat the tiger's meat that like had a head on it. Like, and then he like shot at a fake version of her. Um, but anyway, to circle back around to the question, I fully believe, dude, something the way she, she's an evil human being. And that guy she's married to now, she pegs him religiously. Because <laughs> he is a bitch. <laughs> Would you, I think you, for your Christmas card this year, you and uh, Dr. Showalter should recreate that picture they did where he was like in a tiger, like, like a tiger collar. And he, I think he had like a Speedo on and she's like holding a leash. Oh yeah, dude. I we would we. I mean, dude, we have three kitties right here. So I I would, dude. We were talking about that already about being. Um, I was gonna be Joe Exotic, so I'm gonna get like a mullet wig, and she's gonna be a tiger for how like we're we're gonna do that this year. Oh, that's gonna be a huge, huge costume. Yeah. Uh, do you remember in the last uh, the last episode, like the the big fat guy with like the really uh, shitty haircut and nah. he's on the Wave Runner? 
Oh, that dude. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, what was up with that scene? The dude just comes in. It's like the Rocky mantra playing in the background. He comes, like, flying on a jet ski. Like, what, what relevance does that even have? That was when they're, they're, like, talking about the FBI and the murder for hire. And then yeah. it just shoots to, like, Oompa Loompa looking ass motherfucker with a, like, full haircut riding a jet ski and i was thinking the same thing i was like i just started laughing i was with nancy and like they showed that and he has sunglasses on too trying yeah. to terminator and i was like bitch i don't know it's, it's definitely just- not even his jet ski like there's no way you live in fucking oklahoma and you have a jet ski they're like he sold a stone hummer I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah i don't know what was up with that guy uh my question for you is what happened to doc so I guess wife, he, I, uh, my wife was telling me she, I don't know if she watched something like a follow-up, like someone did like a follow-up thing and he was like super pissed that cause he, he like wasn't in it or something. I think he's like under investigation for a bunch of stuff. I know they rated him cause at the end they say like doc was rated, but he, he like refers to himself as like some word that's maybe Indian or something. And it means like God or connector of God. Well, that's his first name. Yeah, but that's like, you know, or that like, that. like his actual name. Like, oh. or maybe, I don't know, maybe it was. I maybe I'm full of shit. I have no idea. But that dude, I was like, how is this guy like convincing all of these women, and some of them are pretty attractive women, to not only feed his tigers and like clean up their poop and stuff, but have relations with him? And knowing. It's a cult. It's a classic cult. Oh, yeah. Big time. Like, as soon as he started getting interviewed, I was like, they turned to Nancy. I was like, this is going to come back to sex. I was like, I guarantee this is going to come back to sex. Like it's always some guy who's really not that attractive who convinces other people to follow him. And it always resorts to like, you have to have sex with me or this coat will not work. If you have a dyed soul patch, like, come on, like something's wrong with you. Like something's going on. If you dye your soul patch, have you ever dyed your soul patch? No, but uh, I respect Guy Fieri for doing it. Or having it. Yeah. Uh, but see, that's uh, – I mean, well, Guy Fieri, like maybe he falls in the same category. I don't want to go back on what I just said. Like yeah. it's part of the look. Like Doc has like the, the, the long hair, like the ponytail, the dyed everything. Like Guy Fieri's <laughs> got a look too. Like maybe, maybe Guy Fieri's part of a cult and he has like 17-year-olds like, like interning and becoming his polygamous wife. I could see that. It can happen. I don't know. I don't really, I mean, I don't trust anybody with the dyed soul patch. No way, no how. Would you be surprised if it came out that Guy Fieri had like four wives that lived like in a compound on his estate in Vegas? Would you really be surprised? Not at all. Not yeah. with, No, like not with like the flames on the side of the car and the really cool like bling bling. No way. I would totally right? not be surprised. Right? Yeah. Uh, so... Where do we want to go with the review of Tiger King? Uh, I give it a 10 out of 10. I thought it was the greatest thing I've ever oh, seen. Oh, have you ever seen – let's talk about other docuseries that Netflix has. Have you ever seen um, The Pizza Bomber? No. Like the, oh, it's, it's a Netflix docuseries. There's like I think four or five episodes. The Pizza Bomber? I feel like I would have caught this one. The thing is, dude, when it comes to Netflix and shit um, – Netflix and chill. I'm married, by the way. Um, me and Nancy, it's like tough for us to like watch the same shit because I'm into like blood and violence and boobs and dick and fart jokes and all that. And she's like into romance and shit. And when it, for some reason we bond over these like drug documentaries or murder documentaries or like 
So this one's for you and Nancy then. It's called Evil Genius. I've watched it. You've seen Evil Genius. That's the pizza bomber. Wait. It takes place in Erie, Pennsylvania. Okay, yes, I have seen this. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, yes. you probably, how close to Erie, Pennsylvania did Dude, you grow up? Where I'm from is not that far away. Well, no, no, no. Part of it's in Johnstown. Part of it's in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And I think in Johnstown, which is how you'd say it if you live there, um, Johnstown is not far from where I'm from. But yeah, if I remember correctly, it was in Johnstown. I could be full of shit. But uh, yeah, it's not that far from like my hometown, which when I was watching it, I remember saying to Nancy, like, holy shit, that's not that far away. It, that, that Evil Genius is probably one of the best that I've seen on Netflix. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? This one's super fucked up. Have you ever seen Abducted in Plain Sight? No, but I heard that like so fucked. This guy bangs like a kid and the mom and the dad, and like somehow yeah. has sex with everyone. He has, yeah, he yeah. Chick hostage and like tells her that aliens came and it's it's like you listen to it, you watch it, and you're like the parents are fucked up, like the kids fucked up, the guys fucked up. It's it's all fucked up. Yeah, I gotta watch. You've that. obviously seen the ten buddy ten Bundy tapes. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've seen that and the uh, something else we watched that was like another serial murderer person. I don't know. But yeah, we've seen all that shit. It sounds like we're caught up, but I think maybe we should like, I don't know what comes now. Like, I don't know how Netflix does that. Like what, what comes next? Like you've done Tiger King. What happens now? That's what I mean. Like that to me, that's Netflix's greatest production ever. Like, I don't know how they're going to top that, but you know, whatever I'm here for. it. What, if you had to do a music video, what would it be about? Ooh. Best question I've ever asked on the podcast. Probably like dinosaur jujitsu or something. That'd like, be awesome. A bunch of dinosaurs doing submission grappling. Mm-hmm. It'd be Just, like oh. people jumping up and down in the background wearing leotards and flames and bow and arrows and shit. When Joe Exotic came out, like when he was talking about like his music and stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, what doesn't this guy do? So oh, it's been it. proved that that was not him singing. I know. Yeah. No. Shocking, but yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, dude, I, I, after the docuseries, me and Nancy watched Joe Exotic YouTube, like, music videos in bed, and then I went to bed. (laughs) He had, like, a bunch, if I remember correctly, at least, like, four. Oh, just classic. It's just so good. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so that's a good way, it's a good way to wrap up the pod. Uh, Episode 69. Is there any, well, do you have any last comments you want to make about episode 69? Was it as good for you? As it was for me. Yeah, it's it's always a pleasure when you're on. I don't know if I smile and laugh more than with any other guest. I'm a pleasure machine, baby. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, you do to train, Mister Skin. That this is true. Shout out to Mike Conley for making that happen. But yes, I did. I still have my Mister Skin sweatshirts and T-shirts. <laughs> I'm still friends with them on the old Facebook. Uh, love that love that yeah. uh so i'm gonna upload this to the strength faction forum so everyone can enjoy it everyone else is gonna have to wait for episode 69 to come out people are gonna love this shit on uh, I mean, i'm gonna love it but faction especially so when's your next one 169 96 well, uh oh man should we do 96 i'm gonna try to make a 420 joke but there's like no real like 420 in there because I don't know, maybe 99, because, like, that's 30 episodes away, but, like, 99. Like, I'll give you the option if you want to do 96 or 99. Okay, that's fair. I think 96, probably, because it's, like, 69 upside down. That probably makes more sense. 
I'll, well, I'll see you in, in however many episodes that is. All right, cool. All right, I'll homie. Before then. <laughs>